0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of
0: destiny. Yes!
2: See you later.
0: All right. Welcome everybody to MCU Later. My name is Rich Fan, and we're here to talk about She-Hulk episode one. Just the normal amount of rage. Joining me, not as always, because that's really what Way would say. Joining WH for this journey is Rich Fan. I'm I'm Rich Fan from Pro and Torch. For the next nine weeks, I am on team post. So as you see, my name is back to it's uh at Rich underscore fan, and that's it uh wh welcome Mm.
2: how are you doing well well, welcome to my own house yeah welcome to your own house uh, how do you like it that's right uh it's uh i like the the renovations you've done uh since the uh, end of uh marvel girl it looks really nice you know there's some
0: sconces (laughs) at a little
2: a little accoutrement some charcuterie boards and uh I, I, think I hear there's a all... uh, we can get like some uh, decorations from some warehouse in Enfield. Apparently, apparently they're gonna have a fire sale because that place is gonna be closing down or or something. Yeah,
0: they're going down hard. Now, we want to expand on that. You want to talk about the Enfield pain here?
2: <laughs> no, why? Like NXT UK? Who cares? Who gives a shit? Some stupid <laughs> brand for like Uncle Paul's stupid ego, and he's gonna expand it to like he's just gonna move all these. Dummies to like some black some fucking warehouse in Black Forest Germany or something, and like no uh, full of people who nobody cares about in the world of wrestling anyways i i completely digress there i'm gonna digress That's maybe good. one more time, you know, but I'm That's good fine. rich is this is our first this is I, not our first it's our second episode of, of, yeah. of, we did the primer we very well received i I had coffee with John Pollock the other the other week, and he was like, dude, loved it. That's my John Pollock impersonation. Is uh, you and Rich great chemistry? And, oh, and and Cena was good too. See, he Cena's an afterthought. Cena was going to be like, see, C- Sino's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's right, Cena. You were an afterthought. Pollock was like putting me over, putting Rich Fan over, and put you over last, like you deserve to be. Anyway, sorry.
0: It's all good, and if you all are enjoying this chemistry and want to hear more, you're going to be on the free side of things right now. This first episode is going to be on the free side of the house, but if you want to hear more, you want to hear more of myself and WH over the next several weeks, Post Wrestling Cafe is where you'd go for the rest of the podcast to sign up. Uh, I personally enjoy uh, listening to Pollock and Ting talk. I enjoy, uh, if you want to pay a little bit extra, the Pollock versus Ting. And, of course. No, that's
2: free. That's free? (laughs) That's in the street. What, what the po- Pollock versus we shouldn't be mentioning. They don't want they don't want to know that people know about this this shit public. Well,
0: oh, it's know? in there. It's like it's right there on the Patreon page. You gotta pay up to the I think it's after double double. If you want to hear them like,
2: talk and answer yeah. the reader, the listeners' questions, yeah, yeah, you gotta sign up for the, the cafe. Yeah, but if you, you wanna if you wanna watch Pollock versus Ting, the videos they're they're on Way's uh, YouTube channel. I still yes, can't believe he's never taken. I still can't believe he's never taken them down. But, anyways, I, I don't. John's gonna be listening to this. and He's gonna be like, "Wh, shut, shut up! Don't talk about shut that up, stuff." Joe, shut up, yeah. <laughs> but But, uh, anyways, yeah. um, so I just, just say to give you before. A... Go sorry, ahead. go ahead.
0: I was gonna say oh. just to give folks an idea, since this is the free side house, you might not have heard it before. MCU later is the Marvel Comics podcast done here at Post Wrestling. W.H. Park and Wei Ting have done a phenomenal job over the last few years, not only highlighting it, but then showing deeper dives into the history of the comic book, uh, listener supported uh, message board commentary, uh, things that have kind of jumped out to them. And it's a pleasure for me to kind of jump into this world and kind of be in the like I'm a. I'm the John David, uh, I'm going to do a little DC John David Irons or John Henry Irons and be steel for a few weeks while Superman's out convalescent, taking care of his young one on the planet Krypton. I know we're jumping companies, but deal with it. It is the only time they get credit for something, because if we do bring them up, it'll be the point and laugh. Uh, And so I love MCU Later. Not only am I the host for the next few weeks, but I'm also a Patreon subscriber, 100% for MCU Later. I love hearing it, uh, and I love having the special you. guests. And this series is going to be no different. Now, traditionally, Wei and WH would have guests as you go later in the show because I'm bringing folks from the Torch universe uh, through the 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 allowed fence because it's not the Forbidden Fence. Let's not be dumb about that or Forbidden Door. We're not going to talk Don't, about no, no. Ken Chan yet. We will get to him at some point, I'm sure. WH wants to comments. Thoughts. And so before I start to introduce our first guest for this episode, WH, what were you going to say?
2: Oh, what about Ken Chan? No, no, you were going to say something first before I jumped in and tried to let the people oh, know. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, I watched this video on, on Twitter of like some, I think it was after the camera stopped mm-hmm. rolling on, on Dynamite and, yeah. and he's just like, Ken Chan was just being a you know complete nerd about, oh, we're going to change the world with the way we present wrestling. L- listen, Ken, you're not, you're not going to stop the fucking war in the Ukraine because like, you wear stupid fucking tights in the ring, and you know, you and the young bucks want to pretend that it's all fake shit. That's not you ain't changing the world. You ain't changing shit, dude. Anyways, that I just want to say. By the way, I think he came back too soon. Like, what's with the shirt? He looks like shit.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying like shirt, we, the, sh- the shoulder horn is the knee pad. Like, it was a lot. It, or not the knee pad, but the Jeez. knee brace.
2: It, it listen. If that's his idea, like, dude, you need to, like, just get better and come back when you're fully 100%, right? If it's Tony's idea, complete idiot. But who who knows? Well, Time time will tell. Time will tell. Maybe yeah. he's working us all. Who knows? But yeah, maybe. He might be working that's us That's all him, I wanted but... to say, you know. Okay.
0: And we so, should introduce you... our guest. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to get in trouble if I take much longer doing it. So uh, <laughs> one of the first folks um, – We're going to have as a guest is one of the first people who was truly excited about She-Hulk Attorney-at-Law, and that was my wife, uh, Melissa Fan. Melissa is a lawyer. Uh, She is an awesome mom, and she tolerates not only my forays into wrestling, but the sheer amount of comics that reside in this house and the amount of times I get up way too early in the morning to watch MCU series and movies before I go to work because that's the only time I can do it. Melissa, welcome, and uh, how are you doing this
1: evening? So good, good. We we had a uh, a birthday party earlier uh, for my son. It was one of his friends. Um, And so we just got back from that. Um, But I was able to uh, watch the first episode today, which was awesome. Um, I fit that in with all that stuff that was going on. But thank you so much for the introduction. We do have a lot of comic books in our house we're starting the second generation of comic book readers. Um, one of the things that my son is excited to read, you know, are graphic novels. That's really been helpful to get him, you know, more interested in reading. So I'm glad that we have this comic book background to to help facilitate that. I think just I get- maybe own like 10 comic books, maybe. That's I just want to let you know,
2: Melissa, don't worry. The reason I'm such a profanity, you know, profanity-filled uh, uh, degenerate is not because of comic books. It's totally because of movies and, and the people I Fair knew enough. in university.
1: Fair enough. And so, as these various comic books come out in the theater or in you know episodes, um, you know, it's, I've I've gone to I would say maybe what seventy percent of them with you and Trey, maybe yeah, anything
0: anything that's been under just by my self-imposed cooling rule with you with movies, anything under three hours. Like you didn't go to any of the Avengers movies. Oh
1: yeah. No, 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 no. I don't No, That's too long.
0: You went to black Sorry. Panther. Yes. You went to, uh, did you go to, no, you definitely didn't go to the Eternals. No. Uh, Spider-Man. You went to all the Spider-Men.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. No, over three hours. That's not going to, that's not going to be good. Um, I know Well, most people watching this probably strongly disagree, but that's Okay. Um, I just don't do long movies. I mean, Titanic—that was probably the last, you know, really long movie. But in any event, that's why this is so awesome because it's 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 episodes, so it's great for someone like me. Okay,
2: yeah. They're only they're only thirty minutes each, pretty much each episode, right? Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be a dirty sitcom.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so that's I'm
2: I'm, I'm out of that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's great. Like and. You know, if people want to binge watch it, like once more episodes are available, like they can do that. Or if they're super busy or just, you know, tend to watch shorter things, then they can watch it, too.
2: Yeah. One and thing so- I really like because because like they moved the the release dates from Wednesday to Thursday and we do the show Thursday nights, so we record this on Thursday night, is that, you know, if it was on Wednesday, I'd have I had the day to think about it and digest it. And, it, you know, that it only being 30 minutes, like mm-hmm. helps a lot for me to digest it in the morning before I go to work. Um And then just while I'm at work, I'm thinking about it and what I'm going to talk about and, and do some research before we start recording and stuff like that. So that, that really helps. And I'm, I'm kind of glad where it's not like, you know, what's the average, what, 46 minutes to like mm-hmm. 50 minutes on average, Rich?
0: Yeah. With the occasional foray into something that's like crazy like seventy to ninety two minutes if it's like a either a big uh premiere or big finale
1: yeah and it's and it's and it's cool because even though it's thirty minute runtime but it's it's still longer than your like a sitcom you watch on t v because there are no commercials, so you you're you're having thirty minutes of actual of the actual show, so you're getting a little bit more than you know a half hour sitcom, but you know like I said, it's very digestible in terms of the format and
0: content. Yeah. And speaking of that format and content, Jessica Gao is the head writer of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Um, and mainly Kat Quaro has been, is the director of of record for the show out of the nine episodes. She does six and Anu Valia does three episodes. And so one of the first things I want to ask Melissa is uh, Jessica being the head writer, uh, I'm going to attach in the show notes, uh, a, te- a link to, there was a great empire interview she did where she talked about a lot of the inspiration of episode one some of the plans she had and we'll talk about i'll sprinkle some of those questions throughout but jessica's background is in comedy particularly Mm -hmm. uh she is the writer of record of one of the most popular episodes of an animated series do you know the name of that series and what episode it is
1: I don't know. Is it Rick and Morty? I don't know. It
0: is? And what episode would it be?
1: <laughs> um, is it the pilot? I don't know.
0: This is the only thing you know about Rick and Morty.
1: About when he turns into a pickle?
0: Pickle Rick. She wrote the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. Alright, well, and shout so-
1: shout out to uh, Trey's hockey team. So.
0: Yes, my son's team isn't allowed to watch Rick and Morty, but they all have Pickle Rick jerseys with with like a... I, and so I bring this up because...
1: They're 10U, by the way. So yeah, yeah, they're not allowed to watch that.
0: Yeah, and so I brought that up because she has a strong background in comedy. She does a lot of animated series. She does a lot of comedic work. And so Jessica, when she approached this series, the first thing she wanted to do, she also did Silicon Valley, Corporate, uh, Take My Wife, uh, I'm trying robot chicken. So Mm. so, sort of things that break the fourth wall. Things are very absurdist. Joke, joke, joke. But then you wait, and then you hit them with another joke. And I thought it reflected well in this first episode. And what were your thoughts? I'll start with you, W.H., and then swing around to you, Mm. Melissa. What were your thoughts on the fourth wall break before we even get into the series? How did you feel about them? And can you, W.H., kind of like you did in the primer, enlighten folks about why that's such an important element of the show?
2: Uh, So personally i i thought it was fine i didn't think they went overboard with it and i like the fact that when like the the time she breaks the fourth wall and 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 bruce is in the scene with her he's in the background because they're fixing the bar and he's making reference to like you'll get your you know you you can have your normal life back Jen. i i'm fine with that and he's and she just looks at the audience and says and looks directly at the camera and says uh, no, I mean, that's not true, or something like that. And he he looks at her like, "Who are you talking to?" So the fact that she acknowledges that she's talking to like us, the viewer, but he doesn't know that she's talking to us. He's just thinking, "Who's she talking to?" I think that's that's really cool because, like, I I I like the idea that she's the only one who is aware of what she's doing in the sense, like, she she maybe she sees us, but other characters do not. I'm just wondering, is she okay? Is her? Is she having some kind of an episode or, or something like that? And this is a nod to like one of the most um, popular like series that, that the she, she whole character had uh, from the, from the late eighties by John Byrne, who is one of my favorite creators uh, at the time. He did the fantastic Four legendary run on that book. He did, he's done, he did the relaunch of Superman over DC and is responsible for so many, you know, like, great comic books just a fantastic artist like you might know him he's the guy who created who who did the 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 art for the dark phoenix saga uncanny x-men with chris claremont as the writer um anyways he famously wanted to make she hulk more of a comedy character and make this book a comedy book to differentiate it from other books on on in the market at the time and so one thing he thought i'm gonna have she hulk do is like break the fourth wall and for people who don't know the like the fourth wall in comic books and in theater and in in films and television is when the the one of the characters will look directly at the camera or in if it's theater or in comic books look at the viewer or the reader and address them directly as if yes I'm aware that I'm a fictional character and you are watching me and I'm going to talk to you. It's very is, is that is this an example of being meta, Rich?
0: Yes, very much so. And that's actually one of the words that Jessica used in her interview on Empire. Uh, In fact, when she first wrote She-Hulk Attorney at Law, there were so many instances of it that Marvel wrote back to her. Kevin wrote back specifically, maybe we don't need the fourth wall breakage. And so she had to kind of curtail it. And point in fact, there was so much fourth wall breakage and so many things jumping around that this actually was the eighth episode in the series. And they figured in post, it was better to do this now to kind of set the stage for what's going to come for going forward in the rest of the series.
2: Right. So they it was originally supposed to be only in the eighth episode and then they brought it. No, no. The- this episode and- we saw,
0: episode one, was supposed to be the eighth episode in the series.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: And and they realized, no, we need to introduce why these things are happening and why she's doing what she's doing, because if we go and cold, I think they learned the lesson uh you know i might not have felt that way but i think a lot of viewers did about moon Knight, where so many things were thrown in later in the game that kind of helped unlock things for the viewer they wanted mm-hmm. to kind of treat it a little differently particularly if it's going to be a sitcom now for you yeah. melissa how did that feel in terms of the fourth wall i likened it and when i was thinking about it my notes for you to when you would watch saved by the bell and zach morris would kind of do the timeout look at the camera and kind of talk through things
1: that's a good. That's a good analogy for sure. Particularly, you know, for someone who's not as familiar with with comic book movies, but I liked it because, like, it sort of it was like a bridge into the first part of the episode. So, like, the first part of the episode, she was, and maybe this is where the attorney part comes in. But you know, they show her basically, you know, prepping for this uh, oral argument. And, like, she's, like, you know, in the zone, like, prepping for the argument and then they have this, like, you know, what's supposed to be sort of this, like, stereotypical, like, law firm interaction with, you know, a little bit of comedy in there. And then when this when this particular scene is going on, like, you can kind of see it in her head. She's thinking, like, wait, what about my job? <laughs> like, what about what about the job I'm supposed to be doing? And he's, you know, explaining to her, that you know your life is going to change, and she's like, "Oh wait, but I have to build hours." Like that's what I heard her saying when you know she, when she broke the fourth wall. Like that was the way I interpreted it because mm-hmm. it kind of flashed back in a way to the very very beginning of, of the episode when she's in the office. Hashtag your show.
0: I I, I just to back it up. I I mentioned. Kat, and I mentioned Jessica, I have to mention Tatiana Maslany. One of my favorite actresses in television, Orthon Brack, is one, as I mentioned in the preview, is one of my favorite series of all time. And she is just magnificent in it, playing multiple roles. So seeing her play this is a treat because there are times, I'll get to one in particular during her chat with Bruce, where you get to see the acting chops in addition to the comedy. And that's where you bring, and that's where Marvel does such a great job bringing uh, things in. And speaking of that, I want to talk about one of the themes of this episode before we talk about it in in terms of the beginning, middle, end in that much like the rest of phase four, the overarching part of grief within the MCU post endgame is explored in a backhanded way with Bruce, where if you hadn't thought about it, my man has had 15 years of hard times, baby. And Jen just blithely just brings that out. And lawyers him, which I'll get to in our personal relationship, because I felt that several times with our guests being lawyered, uh, when, where she apologizes. But she isn't apologizing for the act. She's apologizing for the truth being there. And having. I thought to about him. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you. I thought about you because I felt yes. I've, I've had that happened several times. Uh, so I'll start with you, Melissa. What did you think about, uh, obviously, since you haven't seen any of those movies, this story as they told it of Bruce Banner as the Hulk?
1: Um, I mean, I, I was vaguely kind of aware of, of it. There were definitely parts where I was like, okay, some additional backgrounds would be helpful right now. But, you know, I, I was kind of so busy, like taking in the other parts of the show that, you, you know, you can kind of still infer a number of things, even if you you haven't seen, you know, every single movie with the background, but but that's how all the Marvel movies are. Like there's always something when I watch one with you and Trey that something that I don't necessarily appreciate because I haven't seen whatever came before it. And then you guys are like, "Oh my goodness, that was great." And you know, I might not have gotten that that small part because because I didn't watch, you know, whatever whatever it was before. And then you guys are like, "Ah, oh, you know, you didn't get it, but I can still like really love and appreciate the movie." And kind of the kind of the same thing here like it was you know i was able to follow it and i think the other thing too is because it was in like one digestible episode um that was shorter you know you can kind of watch it think about it and then like kind of like come back the next week having a better understanding about about who's who and then like me for example you know i'll probably rewatch it like i watched it you know before we got on tonight but like like we were saying before, it just came out today, so I'll probably rewatch this particular episode and notice so many more things the second time around. And that's I do that with pretty much everything I watch. There's you know if I have a favorite movie, I still notice things in my favorite movie the second, third, you know, fourth time that that I that I watch it. So but 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 I like that. I really liked his character. I thought that you know he that they you know, that they both acted really well together. Um, and that like the first scene or I guess the, not the first scene, but I guess it was really the second scene with the, with the car accident was, was done extremely well. Um, one thing that I noticed that probably not a lot of people noticed was the, the Cheetos kind of play, the play on the Cheetos was kind of cool. Um, but, uh, But that part was was done. And I think that sort of gives the viewer as much background as they need to, like, move forward in that episode. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as I joked with WH, when we saw the preview of this uh, last week, I'm very proud that my Ford Escape is the official vehicle of Jen Walters prior to uh, uh, the Sakarian transport ship causing a ruckus. Now, for you, WH, (laughs) what did you think about um, the whole story of bruce the trauma and how that carries throughout phase four
2: i i, I think it just like really adds a layer to to jennifer's character because like he's talked going on about like this is what i had to deal do to become the merged version of you know what he calls smart hulk right and so i want that but she he assumes that she's gonna be like him at first when he turned into the hulk which is like you know just a rage monster but she says, "No, I'm fine because you know it's because of Bruce Banner's childhood trauma that he creates, kind of has like a DID kind of you know aspect to him as well, like like Mark Specter has in Moon Knight, but that the Hulk is a manifestation of his childhood rage at his at, at the abuse he suffered at his father's hands. Mm-hmm. But Jennifer Walters never had that; she's perfectly fine. In fact, she she's very capable of of releasing her anger because." She's a woman in in, in modern world. She has colleagues who mansplain shit to her or tell Mm -hmm. her, oh, do you want me to give the closing arguments? And I can ask, Melissa, if you have any uh, dumbass male colleagues. I mean, you can't say (laughs) in public or not, you, you can tell me off air whether you do or not. But I'm sure you've had instances in your career and in your life as a woman, but as a lawyer in your career of people, of men, mansplaining. I apologize for my entire gender. Straight off the bat, right here, we are terrible. We are terrible people uh, in general. Uh, but like she, she talks about what it's like to be a woman. Like the she, we see it in the roadhouse incident where she's waiting for Bruce to pick her up, and these three guys want to like chat her up, but she's not interested. But you know, they just want to harass her because they can't take a hint. And mm-hmm. so she and she explains to Bruce like this is what I have to deal with being a woman. I so she just you know she has very good control about her emotions and she and 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 kind of managing her anger so she doesn't have like the issues that bruce had of like basically his id manifests itself as the hulk based on his childhood she never had that so it's just like it's all what is it it's all ego i guess then Mm -hmm. with her i'm not a psychologist i i'm not too sure but i gotta ask melissa i have to ask do you have a bobblehead of rbg in in uh, rgb in, in your in your office as
1: well you know, I Jen do does. not, but I totally should. Uh, I mean, I wish I, I wish I did. I have, I have multiple, multiple books about her. And um, I have like a book award book that, that is about her. Um, I mean, you know, I think all of us, all of us female attorneys, you know, regardless of you know your political affiliation, you know, we, we just, you know, really, you know, oh you know we owe homage to 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 rbg and i i've watched the movie i love the movie that's the movie that i've watched several times but my my actual favorite movie i i mentioned a favorite movie a second ago but is a lawyer movie before i ever knew i wanted to be a lawyer it's pelican brief um and so that's another movie where i watch it over and over again notice something different something small but but yeah, so that's a really and it's really interesting that they chose they chose her to be a lawyer. Like they could have chosen her to be any other like male-dominated profession, right? They could have chosen her to be a orthopedic surgeon um or an accountant um or really just like a general like she could have just been a general business woman and it could have you know it could have had a similar storyline, right? Like she could
2: well, have I mean, been so, like a So in the comics she's a lawyer because Right, cause, right. Cause she, she, because Bruce goes <laughs> to her because he's like, Hey, do you think you can help me out with all these legal troubles of all the people and, and property I've destroyed during my uh you know during my transformations into the rage monster known as the Hulk? So right, that's right. how we get it. And this this transfers obviously in, into this TV show that right, she's a lawyer. Right. She's she's a prosecutor. To start, but I think nice. as the series goes on, she's going to become a defense attorney,
1: which or, is interesting or something like that.
2: Yeah, Um and you know, Rich, I'm going to say my theory about the corporation she's mm-hmm. after in in this in this opening episode is my guess is going to turn out to be Roxon. I
0: am with you. I completely agree, and I think. That's a good way for this guy to jump into the okay. So she's going into this. She's practicing her closing, as Melissa mentioned, and as you mentioned, is most like to me. I agree with you. I think it's probably going to be Roxanne, and that will be a nice backdoor way to even tie in low key, as we'll get to a lot of things, A lot of other properties are tied in tonight in, in tonight's episode of today's episode, and so as we get that first early for, fourth wall break after Jen gets some, you know, uh, girl power time and is asks for her savage look which is obviously a nod to Savage She-Hulk which was another series and I I, I thought that was fun you have that happen, Jen gives it and then she says, I I love that as her catchphrase, lawyer show and then Mm -hmm. we go into the preview of her driving months before with Bruce, they run into the Sakarian ship, she's en route to finishing her argument that Captain America is a virgin because of the time it took Between his frozen in ice and then saving the world countless times en route to sacrificing himself for everyone uh, during the events of Endgame. And Bruce is having none of it. He is constantly on the back foot with this argument prior to the car accident. And it's just amazing to see. We'll get more on that later. After the car begins to roll and the chopstick trained uh, Cheetos are in mid-flight, which as an aside, for those of you who want to use your Googles while you're listening to the three of us, Os- Oscar Isaac also eats uh, Cheetos with a chopstick in real life. See,
2: I- I'm gonna fucking do this. The next, time. I I don't usually eat Cheetos. I'm gonna buy a bag of Cheetos and eat them with chopsticks to see what this is like. Because like, well, I'm thinking no, about it- this. This is a great idea. This is a great idea. What? Mm-hmm. Listen, like, you know what? Salt and vinegar chips chopsticks i'm fucking doing it and if way comes out here wh you you can't you can't talk about the salt and vinegar chips those are gross like no way not liking salt and vinegar is gross
0: hashtag i'm i'm gross because i hate salt
2: and vinegar also pineapples belong on pizza fuck anyone who doesn't okay, agree with there. me
0: we're there we're together again so after the car accident Uh, First, I want to note that Jennifer is not only the first person to get out, but she saves Bruce. Yeah. She gets him out of the car. And during their trip, he had mentioned that he had mastered an inhibitor that allowed him to remain in the banner form, which also helped, uh, after the events of Endgame, alleviate some of the healing in his arm, which uh, I want to talk to you real quick, WH. When we last saw Bruce, he was slowly having that happen at the end of Shang-Chi.
2: Yeah. What were so this your is thoughts post, on this that? Is, this is, so
0: this is
2: post Shang-Chi. Yes. So the Abomination, who's going to show up in Tim, you know, uh, Emil Blonsky played by Tim Roth, the Abomination. This is post, and this would explain Wong going to be showing up as a guest star in, in this show, which, which explains a lot. So it's interesting little nod to the timeline and the idea that Bruce can heal himself. Any wounds that he, he incurs as the Hulk, he can, he can heal faster if he turns back into Bruce Banner, now I think this is an idea they get from the comics. I can't remember exactly which writers run the immortal, the immortal Hulk. Hulk. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have not read the Immortal Hulk yet. I'm I'm gonna. They just announced the Omnibus, which I will buy, and, and I'll I'll read it all at once, or you know, over the course of five years, as I tend to do with Omnibuses. Uh, I just bought the Doctor Doom one. I can't wait to to break that out and just read about the greatest villain in the history of fiction. Not Darth Vader. I love Star, I love Star Wars, but Dr. Doom is the greatest villain in all of fiction. And, and for those of you who noticed
0: on Twitter, at rich underscore fan, one of the things I did in prepping for this episode was show that my coworker at Pitt, uh, Pitt is where I work my day job outside of doing wrestling and podcasting, got us a bunch of stickers as staff for our work laptops. And so I now have a Dr. Doom sticker oh, proudly on my work lucky. laptop. Yeah, I got Doctor Zoom, Piotr Rasputin, Kurt Wagner, Nathan Dayspring, Ascani sun and uh, yeah, I w- I'm going. You full want nerd. Me to use
2: the real names? So you're talking about I only Colossus, Nightcrawler. Oh, who are you, fucking Dave Meltzer, the yes. Observer, uh, Colossus, <laughs> uh, Nightcrawler, and who's yep. who's the last? Who's, oh, and Cable. Right there, you go.
0: I don't use his summer's name. He's Ascani Son. We get that out of here. Ascani the Son. Uh, there you go.
2: Anyways. Yeah. So, so by the way, you need to, you know, I don't want to spoil the surprise I'm sure in the future, but like this, is, I just thought this, like maybe you're, you're going to have to be scouring the internet, maybe eBay for a RBG uh, uh, bobblehead for your wife there. Yeah. Listen, WH for the love of God,
0: I thought we were a team. Not only have I scoured it, but in the nanoseconds between that conversation, it will be here on Saturday. That will no. be her payment for the, that will be your payment for appearing with us. Listen, people nice. helping people. That's what we do.
1: That's awesome. But yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm, I have to, uh, make a female attorney observation, which, sure. you know, if there are any other female attorneys who watched the first episode, there's one part that I know that you noticed. And then I want your guys' honest opinion. If you notice this, what was she not wearing in the last scene in the courthouse?
0: She wasn't wearing pantyholes, which I know is a, or stockings or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. You've heard you you've heard the story about. I've heard your complaints. I hear heard, your complaints every you've time heard, you go to school. You've court. heard the story about legal writing too many times. So you pro- yeah. did you did you did you notice that wh?
2: I I kind of thought about it as like oh she's got her bare feet in these shoes and it's okay, like, so, I didn't really so, think about it too much but it, it's very unprofessional like in so, any kind of.
1: So, um, so like, yeah, so I mean, I guess like a, a brief lawyer sidebar, you know, which is when we just digress, hey, is when we this say the sidebar. Show. That's right. what this is. Yeah, so if lawyers are ever digressing or like sidebar, that means like, whoo, you're going to go down a rabbit hole. Um, so for our legal writing class, which I loved, I loved my legal writing class. I was a TA, my professor was awesome. For our 1L or oral arguments, we had to wear a pantyhose. And my dear friend who was in my legal writing section, who was a really good friend of ours today, her name's Phoebe, Aunt Phoebe, as Trey calls her. She just was beside herself with that requirement. And she just was not happy about it. So, you know, so we had a, flash forward end of the year, you know, some people wore them, some people didn't, whatever. But I was having a conversation with a colleague about a week or so ago about how much things have changed in terms of the pantyhose, like I, I'm not a litigator, so I don't go to court regularly. Um, you know, we might have like an administrative hearing or something like that, but between things being on zoom and just things changing, I would totally go to court without pantyhose right now. Um, that would not mean. And if someone else did it, like in real life, I probably wouldn't even notice. I I noticed because it was a movie and because I was looking specifically at that and like her feet were bare and they zoomed in on her legs. But if I saw someone going to court, walking in the courthouse and they didn't have pantyhose, I wouldn't even notice because I think things have just changed so much. But it was awesome in this movie. Like they made it so obvious that she wasn't wearing them. And like, I thought Maybe that they was awesome.
2: tore apart during her transformation
1: i don't think so i don't because i like looked before and i was like no. oh no she was there
2: the whole
0: time i
1: was like yeah i was like she was not wearing pantyhose and i was like that that's just awesome no i mean she had on like a skirt suit um but like not not pantyhose and i was just like that was that was just awesome and it was a darker suit like i would mm-hmm. call it gray i wouldn't say it was black
0: like a gun medal almost
1: which is yeah like which is also kind of like a statement too but it was just, it was just very interesting. I mean, when, yeah, I mean, Rich has heard the, the story about the oral argument, like, so many times, that, you know, like, he probably did notice it, but it it was interesting.
2: Yeah. So, and, just to go double back a bit about the Sicarian, uh courier ship, you know what that means, Rich. We're getting World War Hulk.
0: I think because of, okay, again, this goes back to the Variety article. One of the things that Ms. Gao mentioned is that she had a list of things she wanted to do. And originally you'll appreciate this WH originally she wanted to do a black widow movie where she Hulk was in it as a sidekick. And when she pitched it and Kevin Feige looked at it, it's like, this looks like a she Hulk movie with black widow in it. And she's like, you got me. And this is what led to her being the showrunner for the series. And so during that, she mentioned she pulled her staff. They wanted more spider man And that was out of hand. No, no one Spider-Man related. Sony hasn't been bought yet. I mean, don't say that out loud. Uh And so with the Hulk, at, we, two things happened in this show that ties in what you're talking about with World War Hulk. First, he mentions as canon within the MCU. And we've had it happen during the Avengers when Natasha made a joke about his breathing exercises. Everything, we basically erased Ed Norton and we're we're juxtaposing uh Ruffalo into everything that he did, even down to yes. the yoga and everything else. So because of that, they can't bring him in like because of the agreements. Though uh there is an argument and we talked about it during the Week 0 episode primer. There may be a legal standing in the next year where it expires and they get full control again. But if they don't, my my uh, addition to what you're saying is I think we get World War Hulks and we yeah. get to see because one of the things I thought was a nice parallel in this show. And Melissa, I'd I'd welcome your opinion on this is. As much as Jen did a great job of highlighting Bruce's arrogance, uh like Smart Hog is like, Oh, they named me. It's like, but you accepted it. And he's like, I got lawyered. I don't lawyer me about this. Again, side note, I get lawyered about stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Even she became a lawyer, I just mm-hmm. I just take the loss and move on.
1: Mm-hmm. But we
0: also saw confidence and even arrogance out of Jen. And even though she might not have a passenger back there, like he like Bruce does. If they continue some of the things that happened in, say, the second secret war, Jen was the person that used the inhibitor because she had such rage issues after Bruce died during that series Mm. that she had to go to counseling and therapy. And most of that series was about her dealing with the trauma of the loss of her cousin. And what does it mean to be the only living Hulk that now has the rage issues she at that point hadn't had compared to her cousin? Right, And so what do you think about the possibility of World War Hulks and having her be the conduit if the legal issues are there? Or do you think it's just going to be purely World War Hulk, you have Scar, and you have all that fun stuff? Because that would also be a nice backdoor way of talking about the fact as much as we focused on Cap's sex life, we didn't really talk about Bruce's.
2: Well, he, in two years on Sakaar, like he probably... Fathered a lot of kids, maybe you know, like then you can introduce the idea of Thundra into yep. like maybe she was a gladiator on Sakaar and so like in the comics, uh, there's a character named Thundra who's like basically a, she's an she's from a dimension where the, where where Amazons rule the Earth and 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 men are subordinate to women, and and so she she you know she she wanted like I need the perfect specimen to like give me a child, so she picked the Hulk. So she has a daughter, uh, Lyra, who's the daughter, the biological of, 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 of the Hulk. You know, Hulk also has, a, a, a child from, uh, you know, his time on Planet Hulk, uh, Zakar, name of Scar. And, and I think another, another kid who's like, who's like, who's like the villain in Planet Hulk. I haven't read Planet Hulk in forever. Um, but he's got a lot of kids. He's never had a kid with Betty Ross though. That's fucked mm-hmm. up, man. Like, the only person Bruce Banner's actually been in love with, no kids, but everyone the Hulk's, you know, gotten busy with, a lot of kids on that side. It's really weird. There's some, like, Freudian, Jungian shit going on there. Again, I'm not a psychologist, so, you know. You know, Jordan Goodman and Neil Flanagan are watching this thing. Like, they're they're going to be like, Don't you, you got to know your psychological terms, W like and then <laughs> or something you know but anyways i don't i don't care about any of that but uh yeah world war hulks you, you gotta have you gotta have she hulk in it you can you can backdoor maybe bruce into it because mm-hmm. he won't be the star of it he'll be right. part of a ensemble cast you can have uh you know uh the leader you can have the tim roth returning as the abomination maybe we'll get the introduction of rick jones into the mcu Yeah, that'd
0: be really fun. And Melissa, before your eyes glaze over, I'm going to jump back into the episode. So (laughs) after the accident, they're now in Mexico at the secret bunker, which, Mm -hmm. you know, WH and I will nerd out because that also, this fills in the blank between the first Avengers movie and the second Iron Man movie in terms of the relationship Tony and Bruce developed and how clearly Tony's effect on him has been a positive as much as a negative. I mean, I think Tony's arrogance rubbed off on him. But mm-hmm. Tony never got the humility that Bruce was kind of exhibiting to sublimate those rage issues that wH talked about, mm-hmm. and you see there the uh, one of the Iron Legion helmets, and I personally in my head can say that 's groot in honor of Tony, much like he did with Stormbreaker cut off a piece of himself to make that uh, stand for it because it just looked phenomenal, and i don 't want to <laughs> think that he picked it up from like IKEA
2: or somewhere in Mexico. And what the, he, the, the, the Iron Man mask there.
0: Well, no, you had the mask, but it was on this wooden mantle thing. And I just, right, it was right. like, this is so intricate. I was like, this has to be like group, like cut a leg off and just like put it there.
2: You know, and you know, so, who's probably going to get one of those in real life is, is probably a friend of the show scrump from the PWT cast. Oh, he see. should. I mean, that thing's magnificent. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. And you see this
0: beautiful bar, you see all these technological things. And Bruce mentions that he spent time down there. Not only in the events between Iron Man 2 and Avengers, but in between uh, Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame, combining, as he said before, the brain and the muscle, the Banner and the Hulk, and making Smart Hulk, or Professor Mm -hmm. Hulk, as he's known in the comics. Uh, And Jennifer is just flabbergasted. And as he pulls out this notebook of 15 years of trauma she decodes it in seconds and breaks his poor heart like bruce is a bruce is a sad dude when you think about it and it didn't help that his cousin just laid that bare for us to see and he just talked i'm a scientist i've gone down this lonely road if you know word to his old 70s tv show and i'm just trying to prevent you from having
2: the same trauma as i did and as she I, Jen- I, I oh, go ahead, W.H. I, I really like, I want to talk about the transformation scene, the, the, her first transformation, because it reminded me a lot of the the 1970s Hulk TV show where, where uh, yes. David Banner, yes. you know, would turn into the Hulk build, played by Bill Bixby, would then turn into like the Hulk played by Lou Ferrigno, right? But it's it, like some of the shots, like the close up of the eyes are mm-hmm. very much, you know, paying homage to to that TV show which I thought was a really nice touch. And and I was watching an Easter egg video on YouTube before we started this uh, screen crush. They do a really good job. Ryan Erie does a good job on that show. I don't like all the, like he's got to fit in the, that's your mom joke. That's Mm -hmm. fucking bullshit. Ryan, if you're listening, stop it right now. And he's got terrible sponsors as well. Uh, This is why I like, you know, our only sponsors are the listeners of uh, post wrestling listeners and viewers like you. And, and, uh, and then I can, and I can I don't have to put them over or anything. I, in fact, I can I can bury them, which I'm I'm pretty sure I will do when we get to the reader comments <laughs> later on. Uh, but you know, I want to say what, what was what was my point about you're talking about, about
0: Banner. You were talking about
2: the TV Banner, show. yeah. So he, he, in Screen Crush, he he pointed out why why was he called David Banner and not Bruce Banner on the Hulk TV show, and said, you know why you know why I Rich? can't remember." It's because the TV executives, of CV, I think it was CVS. Oh, they said Bruce thought, wasn't manly enough. No, they say, quote unquote, it's
0: too gay. Oh, I, I tried to church it up. I knew it was something 70s, just horrible. And that's... Yeah. Uh, uh, And and even think about, we talked about it in the primer. I know, Melissa, you didn't listen to the primer. But the main reason we got She-Hulk in the comics is because the television show wanted to develop that character. And they're like, ah, uh we, we're bringing that over here.
2: We need mm. that money. And, yeah, we want we want to control the rights to any kind of sh- whole character. So, and that I mean, God bless him because I love this. And
0: one of the things with the transformation I enjoyed, I'm a big fan of Great American Werewolf in London and anything involving werewolves. Like werewolves, my first love. I was never a vampire guy as a kid. I was always team werewolf. And one of the favorite tropes of a werewolf transformation is you go from third person to first person in terms of the transformation process and we saw that with Jen with the shot counter shot of her eyes like you mentioned and then we see her seeing herself expand and then scream and run into the woods and then again favorite werewolf trope waking up in the middle of the woods with your outfit disheveled and thankfully no blood on her and then she staggers into this bar where we uh, like you mentioned meet these ladies who just became like her Super team in terms of getting her dressed, made up, cleaned up, and absolutely phenomenal coming out of there, and then off we pop to the events that eventually lead to her back in Mexico.
2: Now, I'm gonna oh, we should mention how how she she you know gets. The curse is because like Bruce, Bruce is a human form in this car Mm crash. So he's, he can bleed because he's Bruce. He's human form. And then Jen saves him first, but she's also got a a wound on her arm or her hand. gash
0: that she cut wide open as she opened the door.
2: And so he's bleeding from the head. So his blood seeps into her, into her, into with her mixing with her blood. But because they share so many genetic traits because they're, they're cousins. Are they, are they paternal or maternal cousins? That's what I want to know. Oh, funny you should ask, because I currently have up, thanks to
0: Marvel from 2019, the Banner family tree. And so they are, let me see. uh, I'm going to find it real quick. They
2: are uh, maternal. Maternal. So their mothers are related or... Mm Mm-hmm. Brian Banner had two
0: sisters, but one represented here is Elaine Banner Walters and her husband, Morris Walters.
2: Okay, so it's Bruce's father's sister. Yes. Is Jennifer's mother. Yes. Okay, there you go. Anyways, so she, like Samuel Stearns in in the Edward Orton Hulk movie, this is how he becomes, eventually becomes the leader, is she becomes She-Hulk because she gets... Her, his blood mixed with hers because he's still in human form. Anyways, I just wanted to, I thought that was yeah. really good. I think it's better than, I think it's better than the the origin it of man. the comic books. Yeah. yeah. And I also so. think,
0: and we want to point this out, we talked a little bit about the healing factor. And he talked about how it was a miracle after the snap that he started to heal a little bit when he turned back. He mentioned specifically, once they're in the bunker in Mexico, after he's had the explanation of Jen, that her blood accelerated his healing to the point where he now is whole again. And yeah. he doesn't need the inhibitor anymore. Also, it was the prototype and it broke. <laughs> and so he he waxes poetic about this. And then, as she says, a bit dramatic, uh, f- destroys it with a flamethrower. Like, yeah, he really could have burned it in some other way. But instead, you know, she found a different way. And yeah, so now we're treated to the world's quickest montage of 15 years of trauma being converted into about a week and a half of her outdoing him in every single way to his chagrin and Mm -hmm. because of his anger issues you could see him getting angrier and angrier as the event goes on so Melissa as you heard the uh, tune of Sweetie while she was doing the workout and proving she could out do him, and you know, she knows yoga because she wants to have a tight butt. And he's like, You're my cousin, I can't think about you, but it's like, a pie, mm-hmm. a uh, What were your thoughts on the training? And what were your thoughts on seeing the Hulk kind of get more annoyed as she outdid him in every step?
1: Oh, that part was awesome. That part, that part was like, I really like that part because I mean, it, you know, it, it, you could, you know, kind of see like, you know, what her emotional like baseline was going to be like what the baseline annoyance was and like kind of like comparing that to like the last scene. Cause like you could like during the workout part, you know, she was annoyed, but like, it wasn't, you could tell like, she, it was still controlled and like kind of like what we were talking about before, how you see the emotional regulation showing up differently in a female character than it would be in a male character. It's like if that were a male character, you know, I think it would just, that would just be like, you know, Way, way that would just blow up, right? But mm-hmm. like you kind of see it in a female characters, like, all right, you know, we we still got to keep it in check, but like at the same time, you know, I'm still the boss.
0: And WH, how did you feel about that scene, particularly the uh the shove off the mountain as she gives him the little uh-huh. finger?
2: I I really think this is where you know Tatiana Maslany like really shines because her 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 comedic timing is fantastic. She's such a great actress um I like the chemistry she has with Mark Ruffalo uh it's very natural so you can believe that they're they they they, they grew up together they've known each other most of their lives as from from childhood on um and it, it's fun I, I'm, I'm it's it's different from a lot of like you know um different other montage scenes it's way better than that crap we see in like the fucking Hobbs and Shaw movie where like you know Jason Statham and and Dwayne are, like, on the fucking island with Roman Reigns, like, building this trap for these, this hardcore mercenary black ops team that they're somehow going to defeat because, quote, unquote, family, go fuck yourself. That's such a stupid, lame concept to to promote. Oh, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat highly trained military operatives because we're family. Shut up. So lame. Dumb. I hate the Fast and the Furious. I actually, I, you, know, you know what? I like a lot of the movies because the villains are good. The, but mm-hmm. the main characters are complete dog shit. Vin Diesel, especially. <laughs> oh, by the way, the I Am group stuff. Best thing Vin Diesel's ever done because he only says one thing in those in, yeah. in, in things. I Am Groove. He's Vin Diesel, best thing he's done in, in decades. Because most other things he does, like the Bloodshot movie unwatchable trash. I watched five minutes of it, and I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Vin's, Vin's all over this. Most of the Fast and Furious movies past five, he's terrible in them. Don't even get me started how he ruined the character of Riddick. How do you fuck up that character? Oh, I know how. You're Vin fucking Diesel. That's how you fuck up that character. Anyways, sorry, where were we again? We, well, We were talking about... I mean, this is a good... We
0: were talking about just the relationship between Jen and Bruce and the, the training it's montage, great. but this is a good, good place to jump in. I'll start with you, WH, and then Melissa, I want you to give your thoughts, especially as someone that doesn't watch a lot of these movies and shows. What did you think about the CG going into this series? There were a lot of questions about the status of the CG. Even uh, Jessica Gow mentioned that they had so many scenes at first when Kevin Feige, uh, her first question was how much is too much she hulk And they said, not, there is no limit. The limit does not exist. If I can borrow that from uh, mean girls and, Lo and behold, they get into post and he's like, we need more gen scenes because one, it had become public with the amount of people that had uh, uh, been overworked in the CG departments. They have been hiring for this. And two, it got, you know, she wanted to make sure I didn't go over a budget. He's like, there is no budget that you can go over. And then all of a sudden there was a budget you can go over. And so with the cleanup compared to that first ad, WH, what did you think of the CG, particularly because this Mexico experience was solely two CG characters
2: talking to one another, mainly. Um, it's fine. I don't expect a lot. Honestly, like I understand that, you know, with the li- limitations of TV budgets, TV schedules, that you cannot make this look like a multimillion dollar movie. It's not going to be the Avengers. It's not going to be the standalone Hulk film. Um, so, you know, I I was in a private chat with with the future guests we're going to have on one of the future episodes. And like, he was just like complaining about it nonstop in that episode. So That's going to be a fun, fun episode when we talk with him in the, in the future. Um, But I I was fine with it. Like, I I think it looked way better than the first preview, which I was just like, if you, if for those long time listeners MC later, like when we talked about that trade that teaser, I was like, no, this looks terrible. Absolutely. Terrible. And then I saw the trailer, the first trailer. I was like, "Okay, this looks better." And now I'm fine with it. Like, you have to lower your expectations for like for television versus the movies. Let's just be honest. And here's the thing: the other thing is like these VFX, you know. T- t- talents that are out there especially working for disney and marvel they there's so many terrible stories out there about how they are overworked and underpaid by marvel it's ridiculous i kind of feel bad i i sometimes don't try to avoid reading those because i don't want to feel guilty about enjoying Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching marvel or disney stuff so um, i think they really need to like kind of fix this problem because you know like eh, a happy vfx artist is a productive vfx artist in my opinion and, and hire more people for God's sakes, give yeah, people give jobs. Them, give them jobs. Give them jobs. And
0: Melissa, I know you have a hard out because you actually have to get home because you're currently at my in laws. Yeah, exactly. our son off. So why don't you give this answer and then like anything you want to support or throw out, feel free to do so. And then myself and WH will take it home.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean I agree. Like you know, I mean the quality compared to you know like some of the other, some like Black Panther. And obviously it's not the same, but like I said, it's, it's certainly a more like digestible form, um, a form to watch. And I think it's probably going to draw in a lot of like more casual Marvel viewers, like, like myself, um, you know, who, who aren't going to go to the three hour movie, you know, maybe they go to see Black Panther because, you know, of every, all of the hype around it, or, you know, maybe a different movie, but, I think just kind of like that accessibility, I think is going to draw people in. Now, obviously, like they have money. So like, yes, they should hire more people to, you know, to, you know, enhance whatever it is like they it's not like they don't have the money. But I think you're right. I think, you know, when you're watching something on TV and you can just stream it at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, before you go to work, like that, you do kind of sacrifice that. But I don't think that was the original question. I know we kind of dove into that, but
0: <laughs> oh no, no, that's good. The CG was like I just wanted to get your opinion. Did it take you away from the episode? Did you feel like any time they were talking, you kind of felt Ugh, what's this?
1: No, I mean not really. Like I like I said, I mean I think there there were there were probably some parts that were like lost on me just because I don't watch all the marvel movies and i don't have i haven't read all the comics so i don't have that whole background but i mean overall like you know overall i thought it was extremely well done um and i know for i know i'm going to be watching the next episode um i feel like a lot of people probably will too just just to kind of see what where it's going to go from here and i think like both parts were done equally well like the kind of like the present day parts and then you know the the i'll call it a flashback but that's probably not the right word and then like kind of like the flashback parts were were done well both done well oftentimes one will be significantly better than the other um and it's sort of obvious but that wasn't the case here
0: awesome and so before you get out of here my love Uh, Is there anything you want folks to go to like one of the charities you work for or anything you want them? Like, I know you don't have like a podcast or anything. Oh God. If you had a podcast. I know Uh, I
1: don't, I don't have a podcast. Um, I, yeah, I do not. I do not have a podcast. I just, you know, sometimes make my appearances on yours. Um, But you know, I just, I encourage viewers to rewatch this episode. Like I'm going to, and like think about, Try like try to watch it from the perspective of somebody who is a minority, whether if it's a woman in a male-dominated field, or like somebody who doesn't necessarily traditionally have that voice, and like see what you can take away from it. Watching it from a slightly different perspective um, than whatever your perspective is.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night, as if I'm not going to see you. Uh,
1: I'll see you in 20 minutes.
0: All right. If you're you 20... still on
1: in 20 minutes. Oh, no, I won't then... be.
0: Me, me and WH got a deal. We keep these right. We keep it tight.
1: Okay. All right. Well, all right. Uh, Well, you. Well, when I get off, you and the viewers can, you know, kind of get in. really get into the weeds. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's like, you can do your nerd talk. All right, dear. Love you. And thank right, you for being on. All right. Love you,
1: too. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you, Melissa. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too.
0: All right. So that was Melissa Fan, attorney at law, talking about She-Hulk, attorney at law. That's and great. I, I, I regret the fact that I didn't get a chance to talk to her a little bit about Tanya and that ending, because that is really the next step we're going to. So after the training, we get one of the fun things, WH, the Hulk fight, because if you have two mm-hmm. heroes, the comic book rule is, they're going to fight gotta because fight. you got to fight before yeah. you become, become friends. What did you think of the fight? What did you think of the impetus of the fight in terms of the argument they had? And Bruce just finally getting sick of her crap. And also Jen getting sick of him talking down to her and thinking his, his sad story was her Same tale and kind of like misery sister and brother. Uh, and most notably, what did you think of the return of the thunderclap?
2: Uh Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I I don't think it it didn't necessarily stand out for me. This fight between them, it just seemed like a natural progression of the narrative that we were dealing with in in the relationship in like Bruce trying to like help her cope with being a hog. And he's just like, no, I got it. It's okay. I just wanted to go back to being a lawyer. He's like, no, you gotta, you know, you have such a responsibility now, which is, which is such a, such a huge theme in this, Mm -hmm. in this show, in this episode, at least, which I assume is going to be the, the theme throughout the the whole show is like this this idea that if you have if you have power, you know, you you have a responsibility to use it wisely. And this is like this is like the the theme of like most heroes in in in, in comic books, particularly I think more so in Marvel than than in DC. Um, mm-hmm. Spider Man, of course, with great power comes great responsibility. But you know, you see it with with Captain America, you see it with the Fantastic Four, you see it with you know Bruce Banner is 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 constantly trying to make you know atonement for like what he feels is like this power that he can't control, but he's always trying to like either get rid of it or, or bring it under control because he wants to be more responsible about being the Hulk. And he's trying to impart that to her is, you know, like this idea, like, Hey, you can help people. Like one thing I I think we can take away from this is like, is that he, he is the Hulk is probably, and as a scientist is probably doing as much as he can to help, other people be using not only his his powers as Hulk but also his intellect as as Bruce Banner as as a you know a genius level scientist so I I'm, I'm curious to see how this this will parlay into other episodes I I'm kind of curious as to how often Mark Ruffle is going to be appearing in the show I assume not as not that much because I, I do think we need to like kind of keep it under you know Keep, keep it under control. We don't want to make this like the de facto, Oh, it's a Hulk in every episode. I, cause I think that's kind of detrimental to, to, to Jen's character and uh, Tatiana's performance. So, um, you know, I think maybe nine episodes, like maybe the last two, again, he'll, he'll appear or just do, you know, little cameos here and there. Well,
0: I, I don't want to, do you want me to tell you? Cause tell IMDb me he has yeah. them by, by
2: credits. So he's in all nine episodes. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I can't you imagine know. he's like as, as much as this one, he's got to be like more like on the TV screen as she's conferencing, zooming with him or, or uh stream yarding. Yeah. I'm no, not stream yarding. They're not funny. recording a podcast. So, you, know, or you never thing. know if
0: you say that now, but one of the things they talk about when they did the preview for the show, Titania's Titania's on social media, she's on Instagram. She might have recorded a podcast before she broke into that
2: courthouse. So Titania, I assume, was there to attack the de- the defendant in that court case.
0: Well, it looked like they were there to attack the jury at, at one point. But I think you're right. She could have been under the employ of someone, maybe Wilson Fisk. Because looking at this, if IMDb is telling the truth, it says that Charlie Cox is in eight episodes.
2: Right. He, wait. he's in eight episodes? Eight of he's the nine a- episodes. So he's going to show up next week.
0: Which means he's probably going to be the attorney for the defense of, or or maybe he's the prosecutor for Blonsky.
2: Oh well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, no, and yeah, he's not because, a prosecutor though. Daryl is Matt Murdoch is always a, a defense lawyer, yeah. Except when he's well, not. But I, I don't think he's a. Def, I I don't think he's a prosecutor. In, in, in oh, and this. maybe not a. Pro, and this is where Melissa could have helped. One of the key
0: stories in the one of the later runs of uh, She Hulk. Was a case where Captain America, as I mentioned last week, was charged with potentially leading to the death slash injury of the person who was supposed to be the first experimental super soldier serum recipient. Uh, the belief, what the argument was by the la- lawyer at the time, that uh, the surviving family members had evidence that proved that Steve Rogers basically jumped the line, and Steve, in the comics, hired Matt Murdock to argue the case and hire Jen as his attorney because he wanted the two best lawyers in the world right. to prove or disprove the argument. And so okay. that made me very excited. So I don't know maybe if it's something like that or if it's just he's going to be in there with lawyer advice. But I I don't know. That that seems very interesting.
2: So to me, like, Titania, who, by the way, is a character from, from the comics, um, I think her first appearance was in secret wars the first secret wars on battle world and she's created by it's like she's her real name in the comics is like skeeter (laughs) why uh by the way you mentioned you mentioned saved by the bell uh zach morris one of the worst fictional characters of all time what a scumbag look look in the series in
0: the sequel he becomes governor of california and you know he stepped on some bodies to get there.
2: Oh, totally. He totally threw people under the bus. Totally. Slept with too many women, probably, and, and just refuses to pay child support. That's, that's, that's the kind of person Zach Morris is. But anyways. <laughs> all right. So where are we? Right. Titania. You know what? You know what kind of like? I think she kind of reminds me of it. Like, it'd be, co- it'd be cool if she's actually a, a female wrestler who got powers- accidentally and is now you know like using them for some reason because that her getup is kind of like hey she could she could be a modern day wrestler Mm -hmm. and that'd be pretty funny
0: and i i think uh looking at this you know in the in the variety article they talk about how uh the 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 one conceit as we get back and jen's now a lawyer and we do the flash forward and we've now talked about the fact that during that case she does in fact give the closing and then doesn't turn into she hulk she she merely does it as jen walters titania comes in and she hides the first thing she does is hide like everyone else mm-hmm. and her loyal friend says hey maybe you should get out there like nikki ramos is like come on come, go do the thing he's like i like this shoe. i like this suit i like these shoes so she takes off the shoes turns in the she hulk handles business we get the outro by Eve, which I'll get you later. But as that's happening, that made me think again about the Variety article because uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Gal mentioned that no one in the writer's room had law, law scene experience. And so when people talked about the idea of this, reminded me of Ally McBeal. This is when I was going to see if Melissa pulls the rib cord and leaves us for dead. I felt very old when she said no one in the writer's room remembered that show. And so they really based it off a of flea bag. Okay. And I that hurt my heart because I was driving to work. I saw this at 7 a.m. I was driving into work. And I'm running in my head. I was like, you have to understand to me, this being an Allie McBeal kind of like adjacent show is one of the most penultimate Marvely things I ever had happen in this weird timeline. Because Without Ally McBeal, you don't get the reclamation project for uh, for Robert Downey Jr., which fails because he at that point was in jail for drunk driving and was allowed by the judge because he was so talented as an actor to film his episodes of Ally McBeal until he crashed his car again. And they're like, no, you're done with that. You're off the show. You stay in jail until you figure it out. And he was at his lowest ebb when they needed to make that D-list character famous. And start what we're now watching on television. Like to me, right. Allie McBeal is the weirdest little piece of it. It's the guy that's like right behind Rick Jones, like no, don't do it. But it's still just as important,
2: right? No, like I told I told you not watch Allie McBeal, so I did not know or remember that Robert Downey Jr. was was on that show. Yeah, but well, um, now
0: for those of you who who have heard it and have seen it. I want you to write in next week because I'm about to say bygones. It's fine. It's bygones. One of the main characters would just passive aggressively say bygones and basically do what Bruce does and push down whatever the thing was that threw him off and then just pretend like it doesn't bother him, but it does. So Ally McBeal, not the best show in the world, but it gave me the guy who then became the guy that helped (laughs) save the guy who saved the girl in this TV series. And that's how rich fans brains work. So forgive me y'all that's what i do
2: but, but you know you know robert downey jr was was also in the the sequel to uh the fugitive u.s marshals with tommy lee jones and, and wesley movie. snipes
0: i love that yeah. movie him with the chewing of the like his little nervous tick and uh trying to repeat the outhouse jailhouse courthouse like he tried his version of it when robert when uh, uh tommy lee jones got his chance to kind of like add on to it and he was the The nerdy FBI guy they didn't want to trust because he's got the high tech things. And I do things a different way. People shouldn't get old because I would love Tommy Lee Jones to exist forever. He should be a Highlander. Again, sidetracking. I'm looking at
2: this clock. We're gonna have to get back on time. Uh, Yeah, but let's get to the post. The the post. The mid credit scene. Mid credit scene. And then I I, I, wait. Hold on. I I I before I be remiss if I didn't mention the credit sequence. I think is all done by a local Toronto artist that I that I kind of adjacently know okay. uh, by the name of Kegan McLeod, because um, he tweeted out that he he worked on and I, it looks so much like his art that I assume he did all the credit, the, the art for the credit sequences. Um, Kegan McLeod is the artist and creator of a comic book called Infinite Kung Fu. Check it out, people! Uh, it's a fun book. He does. He's also a huge hip hop fan, so he does all this like hip hop themed art. That if you go to his like, I guess his Instagram, his his Twitter, that you can you can find it. Uh, it's Kagan McLeod, K A G A N M C L E O D, and so check it out. Uh, and, and like, I want to shout out him. Uh, I haven't talked to that guy in like fifteen years, maybe. But like, I was, I was like, so happy, like, oh my God, that's Kagan's artwork. It looks, and there's like, I see him on Twitter, like tweeting it out. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's like a Toronto connection. There's him, Tatiana's lives in Toronto. I'm from Toronto. Wade is from Toronto. John Pollock's from Toronto, you know? Well, you got to come visit us here, Rich. You know. Oh,
0: well, I mean, I, listen, if Melissa was here, she would be in what uh, my friends have lovingly called friend mode. And she would be like, listen, let's pause this podcast. Let's get some dates. Let's get things set up because that's how she rolls. If anything, you, uh, you know, she would have rescheduled like our I want to say, let's see, this is pre-COVID. That would have been our 10th wedding anniversary. We went to Edmonton. And she was like, I will retroactively declare that we should have gone to Calgary. I was like, I didn't know WH back
2: then. I didn't know WH back then. Like, what are you doing? Well, I, why, I, no, but, I, but I'm not in Calgary. I'm, I'm in Toronto.
0: But that's her. She was like, she was like I would have been like, Let, let's go Toronto. Let's go, let's go everywhere. She would have been like, right. let's make this like a three-week sojourn through Canada. Like, we're freaking
2: I, 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 Calgary, I'm like thinking, wait, I'm, am, I the, am I the last surviving member of the Heart Dungeon? You might no. be. Are you? Well, uh, you know, you know who is Where isn't? were you
0: on Chris January 6th?
2: You know, you know who, you know who isn't a, a true, you know, trainer, trainee of the Tart Dungeon? Chris Jericho. But
0: oh, anyways. Oh, well, you know, he's uh, one of Winnipeg's finest. And you know who else is from Winnipeg? Ken
2: Chan. Uh, I, uh, so so's Don Callis.
0: Yeah. They're, the, they're the
2: Winnipeg three. <laughs> Explains my, uh, dis- you know, here's the thing. I actually like Winnipeg as a city. I've been there a couple of times. It's a very mm-hmm. fun place. Um, for For when I was in uh, college radio, I, I, I went there for a college radio conference twice. It's a very fun place. Great, great, great music scene. Anyways, post credit right. scene or mid mid credit scene. Let's go. All right. So first thing,
0: per Jennifer Gal, Jessica Gal. I'm sorry, Jessica Gal. The goal for them was to have a mid credit scene every episode. So. I'm a little excited about that because it's going to be just like any other comedy where they just have things that go. they. And second of all, I'm going to let you talk about this thing because we talked, the one thing we talked about beforehand was your excitement for this, but I want to tell you the first thing she did when she was writing this was it was going to be an entire season long joke. And she went to Kevin Feige to get the official canonical answer which we got during that stinger. And why don't you lay it on the folks?
2: So throughout the, you know, throughout the uh, episode, she's like trying to get Bruce to tell her, Hey, confirm that Captain America, Steve Rogers has never had sex, that he is indeed a virgin because from his transformation, he would have been too busy. He probably never had sex when he, when he was pre super soldier serum, Steve Rogers. And so this is like, this is, this leads to the car crash. And then we revisit it here in the post, in the mid-credit scene. I keep saying post, it's, it's the mid-credit scene and like they're drinking and she's crying because why did Steve die a virgin? And like they bring up the, his ass because it's a running joke that Steve Rogers slash Chris Evans has a great ass. Um, And like, you know, that Aston deserved to die a virgin. It's like, so he, Bruce is fine and tired of this shit. He's like, listen, he's not a virgin. When he was doing the USO turds, trying to drum up money from, you know, trying to promote war bonds, he had sex with one of the dancers on the USO tour. And then she's like, I knew it. She got him. It's great. Loved it. I always like that because it's,
0: she wasn't that drunk. He's like, you're not that drunk. Nope. Nope. No Layered. There you go. And, I loved it. And Kevin Feige greenlighting it, just like with the rated R movies. You know, he greenlit when we knew about the uh, loss of Virginia forget. I thought that was hilarious. And I, I think that as they keep going with this series, if they keep getting things like this, it's fun. It's Like I said, it's very fun. So you all have heard from us. Now let's hear a little bit from those of you who took the time to go to uh, our post-wrestling forums and you go forum.prowrestling.com if you want to join in every week folks throw in their feedback to the MC later thread and we try to read them and provide some insight of our own and so we have a couple of those and why don't we take a look and so our first uh let's see there we go our first person and I gotta bring this into the stream so bear with me folks uh is Muggin from Toronto I'm sorry, uh, from Ottawa. A, oh yeah. my God, I'm I'm screwing up Canada all over the place, guys. Forgive me. And Muggins says much has been said about She-Hulk for months, especially the discourse about the CGI. Well, to hell with all that noise. The first episode gets off to a strong self-aware start. Tatiana Maslany nails it as Jen Walters. She captures her charm, self-awareness, go-getter attitude with such aplomb. Her chemistry with Ruffalo is terrific, and I loved how they differ on how to channel anger and how it took Bruce a long time to master his, whereas Jen mastered hers from childhood. In addition, the tone is reminiscent of a John Burns work with a bit of the modern stuff of Dan Slott and Charles Soule. It's light, breezy fun. And I know when we get to our recommendations, you have some. So I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, Muggin. Appreciate that. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one, WH?
2: Right, yeah, I, yeah, he's got a lot of good points. I agree with most of them. So I we don't have to, like, comment on all the the, the 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 comments. Like, We don't have to comment on the – I'm learning no. I'm learning as I go. I'm, yeah, a, I'm like, a self-actualizing. They, they speak for themselves. Uh, you know, we yeah. just have to read them. I'll, I'll do second cup of the day. I still want to know second cup of what? Irish whiskey? <clears> scotch like Bruce Lord's famous cabinet of alcoholic disaster that he probably wakes up quite, quite like uh, Jennifer Walters, like disheveled, uh, you know, not knowing where have I saw that. It's all that scotch you're drinking there, Bruce. Anyways, that brief bit about how she has to hide her frustration slash anger in a work environment, the way men don't have to makes me hope we'll get, a. uh, uh, uh parenthesis not cliche comparison of men versus women's standards not just a male female hulk but expectations of men slash women in society uh, or professional settings a little social commentary in shows can be nice and we'll still have a way to go in that respect the alien ship and all the steve discussion makes me think there will be a lot more connections to the wider universe did it bother anyone else that jen's cgi mouth was out of sync with dialogue but bruce's cgi mouth was better matched like listen second cup of the day I don't know how many fucking times you watch this to notice that no it didn't bother me because I didn't fucking notice it anyways and finally the that Hulk transformation also gives glorious glorious volume in her hair mm-hmm. Jen Walters better be approached for a shampoo commercial in one of these episodes can you imagine if they distill Bruce's blood to replace Rogaine and male pattern baldness is solved in the multiverse uh, sure that sounds like a great idea you want to go next? You can. Sure. And then I'm going to, uh, you know, I think Second Cup has another point here. But I'll, I'll, I'll read that quick after you read from Manny from here.
0: Sure. So Manny from Coim- Pacoima, a p- pretty great opener. is someone who doesn't know much about the character, I enjoyed this introduction to Jen Walters. Seeing everything come so natural to her as a new Hulk while Bruce's jealousy kept growing was a nice touch of a family rivalry. Bruce mentioning Tony on more than one occasion makes me wonder if later on we'll see his loss has really affected him, or maybe Bruce was just a one-off for the show. Well, we found that out. I'm looking forward to the rest of the episodes getting to know more about Jen Walters, attorney at law. Also, WH, did Tony Stark change the Punk-Moxley match to next... Oh, wrong Tony. Did Tony change the Punk-Moxley match to next week because he heard you're going to be in Chicago? Listen,
2: Tony Khan better not be giving that fucking match away on TV. All right. There may be some schmas happening and we get it at fucking all out in Chicago. Cause I'm going to be there in Chi town. All right. I'm going to be eating deep dish pizza and fucking hot dogs. Apparently, you know, like I'm getting all the recommendations. Gotta eat have you ever eaten a hot, Chicago hot dog, Rich? I hear it's, it's a unique way they they.
0: Yeah, talk it I, out. I heard that from my uh, assistant editor or associate editor over at the Torch, uh, Zach Haydorn. He's from Chicago. He recommended I do it. I didn't because I'm usually pretty picky about my hot dog. Instead, I got the lasagna. They call it pizza. No offense, Chicago, but as a New Yorker, I got to take offense. Uh, but no, I, I didn't do the Chicago dog. It was just a little too busy for me.
2: I'm 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 gonna try to do it anyway. Bless you uh yeah yeah tk tk you know he's done a lot of like good shit but you know tk don't change that fucking match to free tv anyway second cup of the day again uh his hair loss his loss has really affected him he's quoting that great pointing that out they did the grief theme with spider-man but a more mature version of that might be neat to see okay yeah there you go Anyway. Boom. Uh,
0: and then we got Robbie from London, Ontario. Definitely love this debut. Made even more better how much my partner loved it as well, since She-Hulk along with Spider-Woman is one of her absolute favorite fictional characters. This was a ton of fun and a great way to set the stage. Can't wait for more. There you
2: go. Uh, there, uh, Jay from Colorado. Excellent first episode. I love the direction and the tone of the series. One thing I always look forward to with these Marvel shows is MCU later. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That goes without saying. One thing I always look forward to with these Marvel shows ever since WandaVision is the end credits, as they're always as fun and unique and and reward you for paying attention to details. Hurts. As a fan of law and crime podcasts and the quote-unquote lawyer shows, I thought it was a perfect touch that they were done in the style of courtroom sketches. That, that's a good point, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to having MC Later back on the menu for a bit. It, I, I kind of find that hard to believe, Jay from Colorado, since you spell later wrong. It's L, the number eight, and R, not the fucking, like, L-A-T-E-R. Maybe we should just call him Jay from uh, Hater. Maybe he doesn't Ooh. actually like this show. I don't know. Ooh. So, next time, Jay, if I see it's spelled like this again, I'm going to shadow, I'm going to ban you from from this discussion. We will not be reading your feedback anymore in future episodes.
0: And as we always say, thank you again for your commentary and uh, providing your comments there on forum.postwrestling.com. You can do that for any show really in the post wrestling family, but most importantly, do it for MCU later because we get to read them unless you behave. If you don't misbehave, you get shatter banned and you don't want to deal with that. So before we get out of here, WH, what do you want folks to know as far as things they might want to read? Any comic book recommendations, any, uh, anything in that nature?
2: Yeah. So the sensational she Hulk by John Byrne volume one. Uh, we're going to have a link to the, uh, to this, uh, I send it away, or you gonna send it away? The link, I sent. You? I am. I'm gonna put it in the notes. Yeah. So it's it's basically this is the book that that this show is based on, essentially, along with like you know the, the dance slot run, the Charles Soul run. But this is this is where it's all started. Breaking the fourth wall, kind of making her a more comedic character, and yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's probably just before the start of his decline in my opinion as, as an artist like he's got this he's got Na- the namor series that he's still very good as, as a writer and artist on uh this is before next which is his creator-owned stuff which is in retrospect i'm like that was a why did i ever like that oh i was just blinded by my fandom but anyways sensational he she-hulk by john byrne volume one check it out it's it's a fun it's a fun book and the art is great excellent
0: And, you know, I mentioned in the preview, definitely go with the uh, Sewell uh, run. I I loved it for kind of the, and again, I was disappointed, you know, Melissa had to get home, but I I asked her to read a couple of those on my Marvel Unlimited account and she really enjoyed the experience and kind of, we kind of talked through the billable hours, like she mentioned, like they yeah. loosely mentioned it here. And that was something that was really fun for her because it was again, a reflection of her life as an attorney and seeing how that reflects in a comic book was really interesting because that's not something people usually talk about, but we're done talking for this week. Uh, thanks again for taking a listen. And again, for those of you who are on the free side of things, go to post wrestlingcafe.com for the rest of these podcasts. If you want to join up, join the Patreon. It's very inexpensive for the cost of one cup of coffee over at, uh, Tim Hortons, you can get yourself a membership and join tons of patrons who enjoy the great work of the folks here at post wrestling, uh, until next week. Uh, so of who, course, we're in so,
2: so I'll be, I'll be here next week. You'll
0: be here. So next week you yeah. get to see, again, now you've seen my wife of, uh, 13 years. Who's
2: and our next guest week, next week? Who's our, I, I forget. Yeah.
0: Next week, our guest is, Uh, The person who's I've spent the last seven and a half years worth of Wednesdays talking wrestling, comic books and life and arguing with and falling asleep talking to Travis Bryant from the Pro Wrestling Torch, the East Coast cast where I first started as a Pro Wrestling Torch contributor and then kind of exploded into the point there. He is my Rick Jones. If there wasn't a Travis Bryant, I would not be here knowing and befriending and talking to W.H. Park. So I'm eternally grateful to Travis. Well, thank God it's not Will (laughs) Cooley. Oh, oh, listen, I got to also blame Travis for me eventually meeting Will Cooling because it it all comes together. Sliding doors. It's fine. I love Will, but he's he's crazy. Uh, So Travis is my host over on the East Coast cast over on the Pro Wrestling Tour side of things. He is one of the biggest fans of uh, female protagonists in comic books. He spent years not reading any of the books we would send him until he was introduced to Spider Woman, She-Hulk, Kamala Khan, uh, Lunella... Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and a host of others that kind of just fit him. He's always been a big fan of uh, female-driven leads, either in television movies or in books. And so that's how we got him into comics. So Travis is going to talk about it. He also has an unnatural obsession with She-Hulk in terms of the She-Hulk memes carrying dudes around. So those jokes and our judgment will be there for him. Feel free
2: to judge him. I do it all the time. Uh, Uh, I I don't kink shame. Well, maybe I do, but...
0: Yeah, so we are gonna I'll try, not, to do
2: I'll, try I'll try not to yeah and and as
0: always you know before we get out of here uh thank you folks for listening thank you for joining us on this journey until next time WH uh,
1: M.C.U. see you later.